knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them. Are you tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress with your career in entertainment and the arts? Well, this is the podcast that will change your life. Each week, we'll share strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. Hi, I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is More Better Faster. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of More Better Faster, the podcast where I am giving you just tips and ideas and sharing thoughts about success and goal setting and achieving more of what you want, doing it better and accomplishing those things faster in your life, in your career, in your avocation, in your uh, arts, your your business, whatever it is. And uh, today I want to talk about um, sort of the, the, the decision to quit versus the decision to stick with what you're doing and, and keep persevering toward your goal. Now, we all know the feeling, right? Uh, something gets too hard or too frustrating or too painful, and you start to think, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I should quit. Maybe, maybe this isn't the right time. This isn't the right place. This isn't the right goal for me. Maybe I'm just not cut out for it. That's a da- dangerous and toxic thought. Uh, if you start a goal, you do so because you honestly believe that it's something you can achieve. And um, if you get to the point where you're thinking, maybe I'm not cut out for this or maybe I can't, I'm going to ask you to examine that and get re- reconnected with that belief that was there at the beginning when you set out to achieve the goal um, and make sure that you uh, reconnect and, and uh, replenish that belief store in yourself because um, we all have doubts. We all have those, those worries from time to time. But what's really important is that we reconnect and, and, and rejuvenate our ability to believe in our ability to do anything we set out to do. Now, sometimes quitting is the right thing, right? Um, for example, we've seen in the news media lately, we're doing, we're, I'm recording this episode in March of uh, 2020. It's an election year and we've just had the uh, primary season. Uh, Super Tuesday was about a week ago and uh, today there've been some more uh, primary stuff in the works. And, and we've seen some of the candidates who were sort of uh, at the bottom of the, uh, of the charts, I guess you could say, um, pulling out of the campaign and they've clearly made some decisions about their, their, uh, can their, their chances of success, the odds of, of winning and so on. And we've seen a couple of different approaches among the, the candidates that are not in the lead. Um, some of them are stopping because they're uh, realizing that the cost is too high and they may be worried that there's some damage to their party, uh, that there's an ultimate goal that's more important than them winning. The goal is that we as a society need to win. And uh, so they're, yeah, they're, they're just not really ready to, uh, to sacrifice the the larger goal for the the smaller personal uh, success things, and then there are others that are staying the course. They're saying, "Hey, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead," and um, you know that may or may not ultimately be good for the country. It may not be good for them either, 
but uh, there's a, a, a belief there that, that what they're doing is important, that there's an ability and a possibility uh, of succeeding, and um, um, and they, they, there may be some fanaticism going on in the in the neighborhood that's uh, that they're hearing and and that they're listening to um, that is encouraging that, and so you got to listen carefully to all of the feedback and the inputs that you're getting as you're making these kinds of decisions. Should I keep it at, keep at it or should I let go and, uh, um, and quit. But if you're going to quit, if you're going to pull the plug on something, you have to really be sure that you're not doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, too many, almost successful people, too many, almost, I got there scenarios, um, have quit just when they're on the cusp of the success that they're seeking. And you never really know because once you quit, then you never get to that success. But there are so many people I've seen who gave up because they put an artificial timeline on things. I have to succeed within the year or I have to accomplish this much by this amount of time or I have to earn this many dollars so I can keep going. (coughs) Uh, Lots of things like that. And the fact of it is, things do get much, much harder, exponentially harder, just before you get to the end, the success at the end. You know, running a marathon, I've I've never run a marathon, (laughs) but running a marathon, I'm told that last mile is the hardest mile for, for those runners because they've been working at it so hard they've been pushing so hard and it just seems to go on and on and the 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 end result you know look the the goal is there and they can see it but it still seems so far away even those last few hundred yards might even be really really hard and and so on and climbing mountains i have done a bit of mountain climbing uh, hiking that kind of thing in my in my life mostly as a kid and you know Let's face it, most mountains, it's very slow, gentle slope near the base of the mountain. And as you get higher and higher, things get steeper and harder and more treacherous. And sometimes there's snow and ice. And if you're doing, uh, you know, the really big mountains, you, you may need to get supplemental oxygen and you're at risk of frostbite and freezing and, and uh, you know, and so on. And yes, people die on Mount Everest every year trying to do it. And, and yet some people keep going and they keep doing it and they succeed because it's the, it's the goal they've set. And so, you know, climbing a mountain gets harder as you get right up to the peak. And how would it be if the people just, okay, it's too hard now, I'm giving up. Even when they know other people have done it, when they know it's possible, they know they can do it. And so you persevere, Right. You go for that end result. So keep your eyes on the prize, not just what's directly in front of you, because sometimes that can be daunting and overwhelming, and you just have to keep in mind there's an end result. And maybe you have to regroup and shift shift strategy or shift position a little bit or go around the obstacle or whatever else. But if all you see is the obstacle and you don't have in mind that end result, you're going to feel oppressed and and um and overwhelmed by what's ahead. So you have to think about that end result and keep those eyes on the prize. When things get tough, what you've got to do is reconnect with the reason why you're doing the thing, right? Your deepest sense of why. We talk about this a lot. What's your vision? What's your goal? What's your reason, your purpose, your mission? Why are you doing these things? And connect again with that feeling of what it will be like to succeed to have completed your goal. Put yourself in that state 
of the person who already does this, who already, who is the person who reaches the peak of Mount Everest, who is the person who achieves stardom in a feature film or, 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 um, gets their play up on stage or gets the promotion to vice president or CEO or whatever it is of your business, your company, put yourself in the position of being the person who does this, not who is going to do it, but who has done it, who will do it every single time. Put yourself in that belief and then take the next step. One more step. That's all it is. Life is one step at a time. Achievement is done one step at a time. You know, there's the, the famous parable about how one, how do you go about eating an elephant? Well, it's the same as eating anything else. It's one bite at a time. So I, I titled the show today um, after the Kenny Rogers song, The Gambler. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. The song goes on to talk about know when to walk away and know when to run. Let's talk about it. When do you, when do you hold them? Knowing when to hold them. If it's something you really want or need or feel passion for, don't quit. Don't quit. Look at, look at it this way. If your child was in danger, but there was a fence between you and him or her, would you let that fence stand in your way? Of course not. No matter how high you would move heaven and earth to protect that child, to, to get them out of harm's way. If the intensity of your need to accomplish the thing, whether it's a need from passion, a need from desire, a need from survival, you do whatever it takes. You take whatever risk, right? If that intensity is there, the intensity of focus on accomplishing the goal is also there. So when do you quit? Well, if it's no longer a passion or a priority, and it's keeping you from things that are passions and priorities, then yeah, maybe it's time to quit. If it's no longer profitable or rewarding or beneficial and the purpose is gone, it won't even be those things when it's done, then yeah, maybe you quit. If it's truly futile, circumstances have changed and make it impossible to complete the thing, then yeah, maybe you, you quit. Or the purpose behind the goal no longer exists then maybe you quit. That's called frustration of purpose. And in the law, we have these principles. You know, we make a contract, that's binding, and it's intended that everybody is going to do the thing they set out to do. But there are some doctrines in the law that allow for us to quit. Um, circumstances have changed to make it impossible to complete. Impossibility of performance is a doctrine in the law. And sometimes you can quit. You can call off the deal because it's no longer possible. Um, we see conferences and, and events being canceled because of the coronavirus outbreak and, and the pandemic that we're, that we seem to be experiencing the South by Southwest conference, a conference that, you know, is a big part of the city's economy in Austin, Texas, 70, 75,000 people descend on Austin every year to attend this conference. And the city has, they've called off the conference and it's impossible to complete. So the contracts related to all of the things there, you know, that they're going to be impossible to perform. And so the, the law is going to let them off the hook. Similarly, when the purpose behind the goal never, no longer exists, that frustration of purpose, that's another legal doctrine that allows us to 
suspend or cancel the contract. And so it is sometimes permissible to quit. You know when to fold them, when those purposes and and circumstances have changed that it's no longer the thing to do. And you got to know when to walk away. You know, sometimes you take your winnings and you go, right? And what are your winnings in these in this scenario? Well, it could be the lessons that you have learned from whatever's happened so far. Maybe you just you've put yourself in a different place. You've moved forward a certain amount and it's time to just say, "Okay, this is enough for right now." And you're going to take your winnings, those achievements and go on to other things. Sometimes you take your lumps, your losses, and you go. And you chalk it up to experience. After all, aren't those experiences and those lessons winnings, in a sense, if you follow the gambler metaphor? And sometimes you just need to regroup and learn something more and refocus and develop a new strategy and then come back to the goal later. And that's okay, too. You walk away for a moment. doesn't mean forever. There doesn't have to be any forever in any of this. And sometimes you have to know when to run. When the cost is just too high, whether it's a personal cost, a societal cost, a risk outweighing the reward. When when something you set out to do is, is now putting you in jeopardy or danger that you're not willing to accept, that might be time to run away. Now, let's face it. Everything we do has risk. And success requires taking risks. Think about this. Dating, you, you want to go out with that person or you want to have a relationship with the person, you have to ask and you have to risk that rejection. But if you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't risk that rejection, you also don't put yourself in a position to experience the reward. In selling, whatever product you're selling, if you don't make the offer, if you don't put it out there, then guess what? They don't buy it. Nobody buys it. And that's failure, right? That's a, a rejection of sorts. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't try, then the the result will never be achievement. Auditioning, if you don't go out and risk rejection, then you definitely don't get the role. If you don't pitch, then you don't make the sale. But there are some risks, some stupid, unnecessary risks, things that just don't make sense. That's when you stop and reevaluate your approach. Maybe there is a better way to get what you want, and you can do what I was saying before, stop Learn, listen, regroup, reset the goal, and move forward. Now, I have a, an experience of my own that, that I'll share with you just to, you know, this happens to everybody. When I was in law school, my first year of law school, I took a class. Everybody takes the class called torts. It's the, it's the study of the civil wrongs that are outside the scope of contract, basically. So, you know, personal injury, negligence, um, uh, products liability kinds of things, intentional torts like assault and, and injury, uh, uh, physical injuries caused by intentional acts, those kinds of things. All the torts that are there, libel and slander and, and uh, invasions of privacy sometimes fall under torts too. So um, in, in law school, it was one exam for the whole semester. And uh, the exam was a big, long essay question, essay test. And uh, I took the, the final exam for the year in torts and the professor that I had for torts was also the professor who taught entertainment law and copyright law and trademark law and all the kinds of things that I knew as a lawyer I wanted to do. And so um, I, I, t- I took his his exam and I I believe I got the closest possible score to failing as possible without actually failing. 
So the lowest possible passing score on that test. I had fallen for uh, a little red herring, a little trick part of the question, and I wrote about that instead of all the other stuff, and I came to an incorrect conclusion about one point, and I just blew it. I blew the test, and I got the exam results back, and I, and, um, and I had done okay in all my other courses, but on that one test, I had, I had nearly flunked, and I was despondent, and I went into the registrar's office, and I was going to uh, take myself out of this professor's other classes on copyrights and trademarks and entertainment law that I was all signed up for for the next year. And, and um, if I had done that, I, I would not have learned the material I would need to become a, an entertainment lawyer. I might still have been able to learn that later on and accomplish what I set out to do, but this was the right track, the direct path to my goal of practicing entertainment law. And fortunately the gal in the registrar's office who, uh, what was her name? Julia. Thanks, Julia. Uh, she was, um, tuned in to me enough to know that I was, this is entertainment law. This is what I want to do. And if I was going to drop out of all those other courses of his and take other things instead, I might as well drop out of law school because it was just not going to get me where I wanted to go. And, and she said, look, if you want to do entertainment law, this is what you have to do. You've got to figure this out. You've got to keep your eye on that prize. Stay focused on peaking the mountain, which in this case, yeah, it just got harder because you're getting closer to the end. It got much, much harder. You got to figure out this guy's testing style. You got to figure out how to give him what he wants on that test and, and don't get lost and tricked and stay on track. Go around the hurdle if you can't go over it, that kind of thing. So I stuck with it, and uh, I'm proud to say that I got the highest possible score in the class, or the highest score among all the other students. Anyway, not the highest possible, but I was the the top scorer in those other classes, um, several of those other classes, as I went through the rest of my law school experience. And sure enough, that took me out of law school and into the world, and uh, and here I am almost 30 years later practicing entertainment while doing the kind of work that I love and now sharing other ideas with you and coaching you uh, to uh, achieve the kinds of successes. So I've managed to take that experience and turn it to my own advantage and, uh, and uh, use it here as an object lesson. So listen, quitting isn't always bad and um, just the same persevering isn't always good. So you do have to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away. You got to know when to run. So that's it for today. If you, if you like this show, if you like what you're hearing and you, you'd like to you know, communicate with more like-minded folks and be a part of something bigger, please join my Facebook group at More Better Faster. It's called More Better Faster. If you search for that in Facebook group uh, groups, you will find us. Join and um, let me know you're there and, and what your goals are. And uh, I really look forward to talking with you and, uh, and helping you to achieve your goals, to achieve more of them better and faster. And with that, I'll say thanks very much for listening. I'll see you again really soon. 